I'm Pastor Daniel Morris, and you're listening to Sharing the Bread of Life, a podcast by St. Timothy's Lutheran Church in Skokie, Illinois. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular subscriber, I pray that Christ feeds you from the stories and testimony you'll hear today. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. May the Lord fill you with every good thing, and may you have enough left over to share. The Holy Gospel according to Luke. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethphage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, tell them this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They said, The Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Rush Hour, Thursday, August 2nd, 2018. Police stood at the ready as demonstrators made their way down Lakeshore Drive. Many chanted, while some carried signs and beat drums. Their goal? To redistribute the pain inflicted by guns in the poorer communities of Chicago by disrupting life on Chicago's wealthy north side. Lakeshore commuters bore the brunt of this pain as they sat in a traffic jam that took several hours to work itself out of gridlock. Cubs fans were also affected by the concluding rally outside of Wrigley Field during the ball game. It was hard to overlook the demonstration, even if it did not affect you personally. This demonstration successfully disrupted many lives, and I suspect that Jesus' entry into Jerusalem was equally disruptive. The people's king, the popular king, had finally arrived at the capital city. Just as God had taken the throne from Saul and given it to David, God would surely take the throne from the Herodians and give it to Jesus, David's heir. True, on multiple occasions, the Roman emperor had refused King Herod's request for the title King of the Jews. But even the emperor must eventually bend the knee before God's Messiah. 
Jesus entered the city from the Mount of Olives, signaling salvation for Jerusalem and judgment for God's enemies. He arrived on an animal of peace rather than a war horse, signaling God's compassion for Jerusalem in her distress. The day of the Lord was at hand, and God's everlasting reign of peace was about to begin. However, there were some who did not welcome Jesus' disruptive arrival. Jesus' prophetic actions would certainly have caught the eye of Rome. His disruptive influence would be condemned at the highest levels of government, and he risked making a bad military occupation even worse. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd must have recognized the danger. Teacher, order your disciples to stop. Condemn their treason. Censor their claims. Do not bring the wrath of the emperor down on yourself and on us. But Jesus prophetically replied, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. Just as God had faithfully rebuilt Jerusalem from the ruins of conquest, God would faithfully deliver Jerusalem through Jesus. However, some of the Pharisees could not get past their fear that Jesus was becoming too political. A political Messiah scares us because nice ideas suddenly become challenging realities. A political Messiah brings conflict and change. There will be winners and losers. Anyone who is not on board with the Messiah's political agenda will be faced with a difficult truth. We are sinners who oppose God's reign in the world. Or we are hypocrites who try to straddle the fence. Or the so-called Messiah is a faithless blasphemer who is seeking political gain. It is much easier to think poorly of the Messiah than it is to admit that we are hypocrites or that we are opposed to God's reign in the world. This was the conflict brewing in the heart of Jerusalem, the conflict that spilled over into the events of Good Friday. We love financial security too much to support a Messiah who said, None of you can become my disciples unless you give up all your possessions. We value our safety too much to support a Messiah who said, Love your enemies, do good, and lend expecting nothing in return. We value the status quo too much to support a Messiah who said, Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. We value our lives too much to support a Messiah who said, Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. God's reign brings loss for all who are full in this life. And God's reign brings gain for all who are empty. Is it any wonder that we feared him? 
Is it any wonder that we crucified him? When I contemplate our spiritual complicity in the events that led to Good Friday, I am shaken to my core. Yet I find good news in the disciples' joyous shouts as they entered Jerusalem. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. It's praise that recalls God's faithfulness to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when they were slaves in Egypt. It's praise that echoes the song of the heavenly host on the night of Jesus' birth. It's praise that proclaims God's sovereignty over Rome. It's praise that even the stones of Jerusalem would have offered God for all of the deeds and powers of power that they had seen through the years. God's anointed was on the move, riding on peace, breathing salvation, and disrupting human life. Much like the demonstration on Lakeshore Drive, the procession into Jerusalem disrupted human life at its heart. The streets of Jerusalem were clogged with people throwing their cloaks on the ground before Jesus. The Roman, the people would have left their homes and their businesses to see what the commotion was about. The Roman guard would have been called out to make sure that things did not get out of hand. Chants of God's faithfulness filled the air. A peace built on conquest was about to be replaced by the peace that comes from God. A righteousness that is too easily twisted by self-interest was about to be replaced by a righteousness that comes through faith. Earthly powers, which so easily corrupt, were about to be replaced by God's power. The same old predictable world was to be swept away as the Messiah inaugurated the beginning of a new creation. If we are a new creation in Christ, then the old fears and values have no power over us. Righteousness and salvation are no longer things to be obtained. They are world-disrupting realities from which we live with every fiber of our being. The vision that our Savior cast of God's reign is a vision that we live into with humility and thanksgiving. We do not pretend that we are perfect or that we are without fault. Because if we do, we are hypocrites who will not stand on the day of judgment. Instead, we rejoice in God's faithfulness to us, even when we are unfaithful towards God. We give thankful praise to God for giving us what we do not deserve and what we cannot achieve for ourselves. One of my peers once suggested that God's work of creation is never finished. Therefore, to live as a new creation means to live as a person who is always becoming, whose story is never finished. It's to embrace times of disruption in our lives with faith and with courage, 
trusting that God is somewhere in the chaos working for our good. In such turbulent times, we know that God is riding on peace and breathing salvation. We've seen it before when Jesus entered Jerusalem, and we will see it again. Let us be like the disciples, praising God for God's wonderful, saving deeds. Let us be like the stones of Jerusalem, living memories of God's goodness and God's deeds of power. Such remembering will keep you firm when the world is in an uproar around you. Eight months later, and I still remember the disruptive demonstrations that shut down Lakeshore Drive. I was not there to see them. I was not in the traffic jam that resulted from them. However, I remember because of the stories that have been told since. Likewise, we continue to remember Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. We continue to be transformed by the promise that God is always on the move, even during times of chaos and transition. Perhaps especially during times of chaos and transition. Peace and salvation are God's ways. Renewal of the cosmos is God's mission. As we enter into the contemplation of Jesus' death and resurrection, Let us do so in the confidence that comes from faith in God's anointed. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Sharing the Bread of Life. For more information on the mission and ministries of St. Timothy's Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.stTimothyskokie.org or like us on Facebook. Check back next week for a new episode. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and always.